What hurt me the most is that I, I tried to take my brother to a place of safety. Emotions ran high at the arbitration hearings as one family member after another gave chilling evidence of the shocking state in which they found the bodies of their loved ones after they had died at various NGOs. Dombifuti Dada's brother, Joseph Gumede, died in July 2016 at Anchor NGO in Pretoria. His family only found his badly decomposed body seven months later at a government mortuary in Mamilodi. Speaking through an interpreter, Dada says her brother's body was a painful sight to see. His, his corpse was decaying and it had an unpleasant smell. It was so unpleasant to travel with this corpse because the undertaker did not bring the proper trailer for a corpse. They brought a kumbi, so we had to travel with the body there. And each time I would pray that the car don't stop on the traffic lights because each time we stop, flies would come flying in because of the unpleasant smell of the corpse. Pumzile Mutsehwa's brother, Solimashiho's body, was only taken to the mortuary four days after he had died at Precious Angels NGO in Atridgeville. Mutsehwa was overcome by emotions as he recalls finding Mashiho's corpse among several naked bodies stacked on top of each other. His eyes had disappeared. Makala, I cried. I did not believe what I saw. What happened to his eyes? The picture shows empty sockets. And it shows a nose tip that seems to be cut off and the lips appear to be covered with white foamy substance. I asked the motorist owner, why is Soli like this? And he said Ethel called him very late to take Soli's body to the mortuary. Soli passed on on the 2nd of August, but Ethel called the mortuary on the 6th of August. Some patients were transferred 100 kilometers away from their homes without their families being notified. Those who eventually located them before they passed away spoke of the inhumane conditions under which they lived, of how they had lost weight and that their conditions had gotten worse. NGOs admitted that they were overwhelmed and even battled to feed patients as they did not receive government grants for months. Some patients died of cold, hunger and dehydration. Some post-mortem results showed patients with strange objects in their stomachs which they had apparently consumed because they were hungry. Former CEO of a Pretoria-based NGO, anchor Dorothy Franks, confessed that she withdrew Sasa grants on behalf of some of the patients after they had died. Franks said she even battled to locate their families. But you took them in your care. You demanded payment, claim forms, you got paid. Didn't you realize that you'll cause so much indignity and pain to their families? Bodies lying in mortuaries that don't work. You should have anticipated that, isn't it? I should have, but as I'm saying, I was trying to get hold of all this. Maybe you didn't care. No, I didn't, because especially with the patients I follow up to the mortuaries, is the patient still there? Is, then I follow up to it, uh, definitely, could she get any information for me? 
Justice Dihang Museneke also expressed concern that the difficult task of informing families that their relatives had passed on was left to a social worker instead of senior officials doing so. The Houding Mental Health Review Board, which was supposed to protect the patients, was not even aware of the calamity that was unfolding. Its chairperson, Dumima Sondo, only relied on reports from suspended mental health director, Dr. Mahabu Manamela, who informed her that things were proceeding smoothly. Even worse, Masondo, who used to be Manamela's deputy in the mental health directorate, still treated Manamela and former MEC Kredani Mashango as a seniors. I didn't know that Dr. Manamela was supposed to report to Mrs. Masondo. I was under the impression that they are my seniors. And in the profession, we're told to respect our seniors. So today, I'm learning something new that Dr. Manamela and the MEC were supposed to report under my management because nobody has ever, ever, ever said that to me. So you misunderstood your powers under the law? Yes. That's what you say? That one I agree, Mr. Judge. For about 36 years, Life Esidimen was charged with the responsibility of looking after mentally ill patients. The department suddenly pulled the plug in 2015 when it terminated its contract with the group, citing budgetary constraints. This against advice and warnings from experts and interested groups. Former managing director at Life Esidimen, Dr. Morgan Mkajwa, was equally emotional throughout his testimony. He said when he realized officials were determined to push ahead with the transfer plans, he suggested that government should buy out Esidimeni and take over the facility to ensure patient stability, but he never got a response. He further said, following the deaths of 16 children in 2007, after 24 of them were moved to an NGO, he thought that mistake would never be repeated. We warned the department of the potential catastrophe that this haphazard process was going to result in. In one meeting, I got a shock of my life when the MEC said, when she grew up, she slept under the stove. So can these users. Former Houding Health MEC Kaidani Mashangu is only expected to testify when the hearings resume in January. Manamela and Silibano have already testified, albeit after being compelled to do so through a subpoena. During her testimony, Manamela admitted that the relocations did not go according to plan, but says they tried their best to contain the situation. However, Legal Aid South Africa disputed this, saying more patients continued to die because the department refused to acknowledge the deaths as they were occurring and simply ignored complaints that were being raised. Manamela denied issuing death certificates as well as imposing more patients on NGOs and staff at the Kalinan Care and Rehabilitation Center, despite evidence to the contrary. She was described as evasive and defensive. Even Justice Musaneke appeared frustrated with her answers. And you come and waste so much of our time. Three days, you never take responsibility for anything that happened there. From my area, and, and on your evidence, nothing wrong was done. I haven't said nothing okay, wrong. Okay, tell me what, what went wrong. The NGOs were not paid in time. The staff that were appointed in the in the NGO, they left the NGO. The patient went with no record. You find one patient on more than six medication, and psychiatric medication do have side effect. 
and we didn't have records that might end and up. who had the duty to protect these patients from all that but if the clothes are there justice and nobody at the NGO is, is, is ensuring they are covered, that will be a problem which cannot be my responsibility. In all of these 143 deaths, what is your responsibility? I think, uh, Council, the postmortem will tell us where we went wrong. So the, the responsibility will be taken by the collective because we agreed and we that ensured. Was, what is your responsibility? My responsibility was to ensure that the patients are not are given good care and no one dies. Yeah, we're making no progress here, are we? Manamela said she felt prejudiced as it appeared lawyers cross-examining her had already made up their minds against her version of events based on the evidence of previous witnesses. She, however, apologized to the families for the loss of their loved ones. After an unsuccessful bid to avoid taking the stand at the hearings, suspended HOD Banisi Libano said the decision to terminate the long-standing contract with Life S. Dimeni was taken to save costs due to pressure from the National Treasury. He, however, admitted that there was no due diligence before the patients were moved to ill-equipped NGOs. Silivano said he was in agreement with Chief Director for Planning Mulife Musenuhi when he raised concerns that patients would relapse and people would lose their jobs. Musenuhi, who led the project to transfer the patients, then wrote a letter to the then MEC detailing his grievances. Silivano says he was shocked with Matlangu's response when Musenuhi later voiced these concerns at a departmental meeting. The MEC said, Mr. Musenuhi, are you working for Life is Demon or what? And the matter rested there. But Dr. Silibano, you're the head of department. It was difficult for me to stand up to the ABC. But why were you afraid to stand up to the MEC on something that you tell us you were convinced was wrong? I didn't stand up at that time. I wish I had. Probably I doubt if I ever would have got any better results. Let's have a met with Danny Matangulina. No. But things came to a head when Silivano apologized during his closing remarks with some family members crying hysterically, sparking a chain reaction. In short, we made a mess. We made a mess. You don't have to open your hearts as yet. Just open your homes. If you want me to talk to you at the gate, I'll talk at the gate. But this proved too much for the family members with some medical personnel called in to attend to them as some experienced breathing problems. Silvano says he intends visiting each affected family individually to further extend his apologies. He, however, said he'll understand if they do not forgive him or government for letting them down. The families have made it clear that the former MEC must also be called to account. My heart will never be at peace with Katani Matlangu until she comes here and tell us why she had to do this traumatic thing, why he had to take my son to CCRC to be killed. She knew what she was doing. She was warned by a number of doctors. Katani Matlangu left this country on the 29th of July for London. She must come back from London and testify. 
That was Christian Gondwana, whose son Vuyo died at Kalinen in February. Meanwhile, National Health Department Director General Precious Matsuso revealed that there are still 59 mentally ill patients whose whereabouts are not known and their identities are also not known. I'm Wisani Makubele in Johannesburg.